everybody. Uh, you're listening to the Girl Talk podcast, and I am Kirsten Helgeson. So we're starting this really fantastic ongoing series right now, and it's super relevant and timely because some big things have been happening in our country here in the U.S. around women's bodies and tr- states trying to regulate how our bodies function and the choices that we can make. And so we're kicking off an ongoing series on abortion. And I've invited women anywhere in this world, particularly in the U.S., to like jump into a dialogue to for and for many of these women for the first time ever to actually have an opportunity to tell their stories. And my hope is that with these kinds of conversations and hearing the stories of women out there, that we can actually start to kind of break down some of the stigma around abortion and to put real people to a big concept that we're kind of misunderstanding at this point. So I'm really excited because I have a a good friend of mine here who is kind of jumping into this whole conversation (laughs) with me. Yeah. So, hey, hey, friend. Hey, friend. (laughs) (laughs) So, want to say hi to everybody? Hello, everybody. Want to introduce yourself a little, too? Um, So, yeah, known Kirsten for, you know, almost six, seven years-ish, about that, and just had an Insta connection, just felt like we had, you know, common energies and really wanted to see each other do well and just good old-fashioned, solid heart hugs whenever we see each other. So when the opportunity came to share my piece, share my reality, my experience about it, I thought, you know, hey, it's it's not that it's about time, but this is something that I can share that maybe would help somebody else and also, you know, help me to get it off something that I've maybe been holding on to and not letting it define me. Have you talked about this much with other people? No. No. Um some friends of mine that are still, you know, friends nowadays, we've had random conversations talking about pregnancy and they're going, they were going through pregnancy at the same time. And they're like, oh, you know, if I didn't have that abortion, I would have had two kids or three kids by now. And I'm like, I would have had four and I have two living ones right now that are like eight and nine. But yeah, you think about it, like what could have been or what would my reality look like differently if I had gone through with those you know, um, pregnancies earlier on in my life. But yeah, it's not anything that I shout from the rooftops by any means, you know, because majority of my family doesn't even know. And when my mom found out it was by happenstance because I was having a surgery and they asked and that's, I had to own up to it then and there in that moment in that kind of check-in room, you know, prior to going under that I had abortions before, you know, and, and, she kind of had to digest insta moment, you know, and I was like, this is what's happening. This is what, this is it. We're going to do this right okay. now. Okay, I'm like, wait, what was the question? And then I had to, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, and she was there during the relationship when I chose to have these and she didn't know a lot of about the relationship because within that relationship that I was in, there were very, very good highs and very, very bottom lows right and it was not healthy for either of us and she always saw the happy highs right when we broke up or when I broke up with him she felt like he was leaving the relationship with nothing so she offered him like a couch or all this stuff and I'm like I'm not gonna fight it I'm not gonna kind of open up the hornet's nest and give you all the jazz that occurred in the relationship I'm just gonna move on and close that door 
and I still don't really talk about all of, you know, like the emotional verbal abuse that took place. So yeah, to think to, I was going to have potentially two children with this man. That was why I'm like, no, this is not going to be my life. Um, yeah. So that's why I chose not to pursue those pregnancies because it was not a healthy relationship that I wanted to see my life move into. How old were you? How old was I? Um, like 20, it was between a a three year span that we were together. It happened twice. So I think I was from like, what, 22 to 24, 25, something Mm -hmm. like that. How, how did it? So I guess this is one of my questions is how did you actually get to a place where you were like, yes, I'm going to have an abortion. Like this can't be my future. Like how did you, how long did it take you to get to that point? Um, it was within the first trimester um, because I I came to the situation or the decision pretty quickly, to be quite honest, just because um, the first year that we were together was fine. And then the second and third years where everything kind of started to be super roller coastery, if you will. Um, and yeah, just the experiences, I think it was not something that took a lot of thought. You know, maybe a moment like, oh, this could be, you know, this could be something that could help or what have you. And I just didn't see a positive outcome really from it. Granted, you know, personally as a potential mom, definitely that took a toll. But not wanting to raise a child in that unhealthy environment trumped that decision. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it was the most responsible decision you could make at the time for yourself? Truly. And for your unborn children? Yeah, I mean, I still think about that once in a while, but what that could have been, what they would look like now, you know? And then, but in meeting my current husband, he essentially told me later on that if I was a mom of two kids, he wouldn't have been interested in me. Really? So my current reality would not be what it is if I had had those children. Really? Mm-hmm. So your two current babies that are so wonderful and sweet would not be here. <laughs> my little crazies, yes, definitely, <laughs> yes. Uh, but no doubt, my re- my life right now, my reality would be a totally other, you know, break off point. If you were to think about, you know, the movies that are out there, and you have, you know, those streams of timelines, whatever, it would be totally taken a ninety degree angle. So yeah, I'm like, well, what could have been? What would my life had looked like differently? You know, and then just looking at kind of the landscape and how he's moved on with his life, you know, just kind of being curious, not anything about that. But yeah, I don't, I I still don't see that there could have been a long conducive future with that person. Mm-mm. And especially with the kind of relationship, having those really volatile low, lows like that mm-hmm. and, you know, Verbal yeah. abuse, emotional abuse like that. That's not something any child should ever be exposed to. No. And after a while, my friends and my friends' moms actually said, like, I saw your light leave your eyes, you know, and it took, and I always find that I like to see myself as a strong individual. I will share my voice. I will stand up for what I believe is right. But after a while, just kind of the constancy of that, and it, you become conditioned to it, right? You just find yourself moving into that track where you're kind of just like, mm, okay, this is my life right now, you know, and trying to rationalize it to some degree. But knowing in your mind this isn't right. Mm-hmm. But it's exhausting to the point to try and fight your way out of it. So, 
yeah, after we broke up, then my friends are in her, and it was like my friend's mom even, who I don't see all the time. She's like, I saw the light leave your eyes. I'm like, ugh, that just broke my, I'm like, what? You know, you don't think that this is happening because you try to put the facade, you play the part, but people can see through it no matter how much you may try. So that was, you know, something that kind of reaffirmed that decision that I made. Well, especially being a strong woman. Like, I can attack. Like, I know you. You are a tough cookie. <laughs> Hopefully not too tough. Or people are like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> but you can when you need to. True. And, like, you, I, I would never think that you would take shit from anyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that speaks to the fact that, like, us as women, we give people benefits of the doubt quite mm-hmm. a lot, right? Yeah. And that... We can all, no matter how strong we are and determined, we can still find ourselves in very difficult situations. Truly. Yeah, that was the last place I ever thought I would see myself, right? Like, I'm good, like, going to Madison for the day by myself. Like, I don't need to be with anybody. Like, I've been the person that my friends call to when they are having difficulty with a significant other, right? I'm the one to stand up in different situations, and I was then the one that was in the position to be helped or protected or you know, stood next to you for a minute, right? And that's not always something that I thought I would be a position to be in, but it was my life for three years. Like I said, when it was the highs, we would see each other getting married. And then in the lows, it's just like, say what again? You know? So, yeah, I mean, we brought out the worst in each other. And no matter how much you kind of fall in love or idealize the idea of a family and a future and this is my plan... You really have to kind of come to terms of what is my standard? You know, what am I going to accept? What is my standard of excellence really? And who's going to respect me and how I'm going to respect myself? And that took time. It took time to come back to that. And there's still latent things that come about, you know, from that experience that still get to my gooey center core. You know, like, do I speak up to this? Is it going to be okay? What's the reaction going to be? Because a lot of the times it was the reaction and the jealousy that was causing the problems. Mm-hmm. So did you go to, like, Planned Parenthood, or where did you actually go? Yeah, so I went to two different places on the two different occasions. The one that I can remember vividly is the one over... Um, by, like, Prospect and North Avenue, I think. I can't remember the exact place. But it was a clinic like that. Um, And I remember the one time I went in, there was, um, what are those, like, protesters or picketer people in front with those crazy pictures that are like, "Ah." Um, and someone from inside the facility had to come out and kind of help usher me in. You know, and they apologized, like, you're okay, you still want to do this? I'm like, yes, so. But it's scary. You have, like, people in your face even though this is your decision, for whatever rationale, they may choose not to understand or care to. Um, this is your decision that you've come to, and you have to be fine with it, right? You have to be all in or not. And so that was you know, somewhat unsettling. You're like, holy hell. This, the people find enough, you know, um, are so devoted to this understanding or this choice that they've made that they're trying to push that onto other people, which is something that, is, you know, conflicting for me that causes me to be unsettled. But regardless, yeah, it was within the first trimester both times because it was not an easy decision, but a decision needed to be made nonetheless, and I didn't want to hold on, you know, longer than necessary. Mm-hmm. Were you got, so with, 
you said that there a woman had to come out there and get you and bring you in. I don't know who was a woman, to be honest. I remember really? someone from I think I don't remember exactly. It's been about fifteen years. Um but yeah, I remember someone from within the facility had to come in and kind of like put me under their arm and bring me in. I think that's that just makes my heart break for you having to go through with people like screaming and yelling in your face yeah. like that on something that was I would imagine <clears throat> a very emotional mm-hmm. situ like not just a situ emotional situation, but like a very emotional moment. You're walking in by yourself and you have people kind of confront you. You're like, Whoa, you know, like, is this right? You know, you kind of start to have like these Re- um, reflections like is this you know but then you have to kind of stick to your heart of like really why am I here and then really kind of follow through with that decision mm-hmm. well that's great that actually someone from inside the facility came to bring you in because from some of the stuff that I'm hearing from other women that that was not the case that they had to kind of like break down the door to get in there themselves that's and that's crazy I mean to have the need of someone knowing to go outside you know then that's not like the first time I would assume that this is kind of like, okay, go get her type of thing, maybe. That's kind of the practice maybe that they were accustomed to. So I don't know how it is now, but I would probably guess it's not so different. So then was the experience within the clinic a nice one for you? Like a at least a welcoming Yeah, no, space? they were very welcoming. They were, yeah, they were very kind, um, very informative, you know. So there wasn't anything that really I was unclear about. Um, but yeah, it was... Yeah, it was an environment that they, this was not their first rodeo. You know, they they understood that this is the service and, and the support that they provided. So, no, they were very welcoming and accommodating. I was I went by myself both times, even though they were both from the same father. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to get him involved, really. Even though we were still together after they both happened for some time, I still handled it all on my own. Do you, going back, like if you had a, talk to your younger self or another girl in that same situation would you tell her to go alone still or would you have her would you have her bring someone with her I would probably tell her to bring someone with like a girlfriend right to have that support system um and thinking back I don't know necessarily what my reason was to go by myself I think I'm just going to own it I'm going to handle it I'm going to get it done and move on right Mm -hmm. so bringing maybe somebody along with him with me I don't know what they would have said, even though they understood my position and my rationale. I don't know what they would have said. So I just made the appointment or made the phone call and kind of followed the steps and moved on from there. Well, it's like a very vulnerable moment, right? Yeah. And I'm not very apt to show my gooey center all the time. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. Yeah. But especially in a situation like that, you try to, exactly. especially if you're walking into a place where you kind of have to be on guard a little bit. You know, have maybe putting somebody else in that situation versus you just owning it. You know, something you can, something that you can control. Yep, you have to put the armor on. Yeah, it's like you're going to battle a little bit. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard to know who you can trust to go into that kind of battle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you know, even for friends that I've been there in, in different capacities where they felt they need, they were vulnerable or they were scared for whatever reason. You know, I'm happy to be that person for them. I kind of relish in it. Like, let me help you. I can do this. I'm going to speak up for you when you can't. Um, but to allow other people to do that for me, I don't know necessarily. I'm the easiest to allow that to happen. I, I'm the same way. It's, 
<laughs> right? That like that moment where you have to let someone actually in mm-hmm. to care for you in a yeah. very vulnerable situation or place. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, because I'm used to being a hard ass in some regards. Because then you can't hurt me unless I allow you to. You know, like not letting, not waiting for the other shoe to fall type mm-hmm. of thing. So. Mm-hmm. How does it feel like talking about all of this now? I really, I'm trying to like recollect and like visually in my head, you know, what's gone on with it. I mean, like my husband knows really close friends of mine that I've known them for 20 years. You know, they know, but it's not anything that's front of mind on the regular. It's just different. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I just get those like, well, what if, you know, thoughts and reflections about it. I mean, it's fine talking about it and it's, you know, making it real even more so, you know, like of different situations that have happened in my life that I don't freely talk about, but, um, but it's something that I chose to do. I'm still, um, I still agree with the choice that I made because it's valid and, you know, just seeing how things have played out. I love the life that I have now and and my crazies that are in my life. And, you know, I don't want to play the shoulda, coulda, woulda, or the what if game, because then you're just going to cycle and go bonkers. But, yeah, I mean, if this can help someone else make that decision of really playing the long game, right, and choosing is the situation that you're in within your relationship the one that you really see long term? Is it for the betterment of the child? Is it running through the full length of the pregnancy and giving it up for adoption? Like all of that stuff, you have to understand the emotional toil that it will take and how much can you handle. Um, so that's, that's you know, what people have to think about and really have a hard look in the mirror about what they want to do because I the thought of having them long term till preg you know till till birth and then giving them up that didn't even enter my mind mm-hmm. so you have a daughter I do especially since we started this kind of conversation <clears throat> excuse me I don't know why my voice is getting funny but um we started this conversation you know really talking about when your mom found out mm-hmm and you have a daughter of your own mm-hmm. who might someday find herself in a similar situation. How would you want her to respond to you in that place? I would want her to understand. She may not agree, but I want her to at least understand why I made the choice that I made, right? Um, where I was in my life was not where I wanted to be or wanted to see myself long term and knowing I could be happier if I made changes, right? Um so if she was in the same position, I would have her make her own decision. I would share with her my experience, but in no way, shape, or form make her choose my choice. Um, but ultimately, I'll be, I would be there to be a support for her, ask, answer any questions, go with her if she wanted me to. Um, but ultimately, it's her body. It's her choice. You know, I'd try to help her prevent from getting to that position, of, you know, first of all. Um, but if the cards fell where they fell and she came to that point in the road where she had to decide, try to get all the information as possible so you can make that decision that best suits where she is in her life and where she wants to be long term. What would you what do you have to say to all of the 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 volatility out there right now around the discussion and the regulation of abortion? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other we need a day. <laughs> Um, no, but honestly, it's like, who is it? Who is in what world? I guess is the one that we're living in, honestly. But in what world is it okay for some other person to tell me how to regulate and make decisions about my body? Only I can do that because I know my experiences, my attitudes, my beliefs. 
And you're sitting somewhere in a room telling me how I should operate within my body is in no way, shape, or form appropriate. Um, extenuating stances occur where there's, you know, medical issues with the child or if someone was raped or attacked and having to keep the baby and then the father having um, access or rights to that said child. And nowhere land in any universe is that okay, ever. To be born into a traumatic experience and then having to live with, you know, live that with um, uh, with the perpetrator is just wrong. Um, so if you're looking at one side of the coin with women, then you have to look on the other side of the coin with the with the man or whomever you know conducted the issue. Yeah, it's just it's bonkers to me. It makes no sense. And if they're saying, I mean, I just read something the other day. It's like, how are we still having all of these gun related deaths? And there's still so much argument about you can't take away my guns, but yet you're telling me, you know, if I was a victim of rape that I have to keep my child because of some traumatic experience. Where are you looking in the Constitution about that? I mean, the Constitution was written however many years ago in a different reality. Things don't necessarily stay the same. You have to review what the current world is about, what the climate's about. It's like weather. Like they wrote that Constitution like weather. You know, they're taking the current climate. The climate has changed, and you need to think about differently how those choices affect people um, and do the best you can on, on a broad scale. But in no way, shape, or form can you make a decision about a woman's body or anyone else's body, for that matter, from sitting up on a hill somewhere in a, in a room. You need to have the right people around the table to make those choices and make those decisions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the right to choose for your own body, I, I would say, is, is square one. It's point one. It's like pursuit of life, liberty. Exactly right. Yeah. Life for yourself. Right. To have the choice, right? At least have the choice. Because, you know, a free will, right? When you say, I have no, there is one choice that you may not want to make, but there is definitely a choice regardless. Where does spirituality fit into this whole thing for you? Oh. I know that's a real tough one. Yeah, that's a deep one. Um, well, I'm not, I would say, a very religious person. I create my own relationship with whatever higher faith I have. And, you know, it's just being honest, really. Um, and I would hope that if and when I ascend to those pearly gates or whatever you have or what, whatever there is, that they understand why, my why, and making that, making those decisions, um, and that it was the best for me in that in that position, um, and not as a means to cause any harm to anyone, you know, for for a non-issue or for no reason. But what I, what I was I planning on getting pregnant? No, you know, was it something that just happened? Yeah, and so then when you're faced with that, you have to make the best decisions based on the information that you have. And the information that I had was I was in a healthy relationship. I was still figuring myself out. I wasn't solid within a career. Like a lot of variables that I had in my plan were not checked off. And, you know, you have to kind of pitch and pivot based on how your life plans out. Like, isn't it God laughs when you try to have a plan, something Mm -hmm. like that? But regardless, even though how much I want to try and control things, that was one thing that I knew would change the course of my life forever. And if I was in a healthier relationship, then it probably wouldn't have been 
the decision I made, but just because of the relationship I was in and kind of the recurrence of the roller coaster, right? And that thing, the bad outweighed the good. That's, those are the decisions I ended up coming out to be with. So we've talked over all these years about like allies, right? And like mm-hmm. advocating for the right, for the rights and the um, opportunities of other people. And mm-hmm. you also have a son. Mm-hmm. So especially in this kind of a space, how would you want all of our sons to start responding to these kinds of regulations upon women's bodies? Mm-hmm. I would want him to have an informed viewpoint, right? Um, especially with me being his mom, he's going to know to respect a woman bar none first. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, yeah, like, I, yeah, poor, yeah. You know, and so we had a, um, uh, we were at my mom's the other day and talking with a neighbor or something, and the neighbor's like, ooh, you're going to be a man killer or something like that to my daughter, kind of jokingly. And then, like, ooh, talking to my son, like, ooh, you're going to be with good with the ladies. How are you going to ask somebody out soon? I'm like, with respect. You know, with, that was like the, there was no pause. <laughs> it was just a continuation of their sentence. And my aunt's giggling, but she knew, you know, like, yep, that, that's going to happen. Like, with me as your mom, you are first and foremost going to treat women with respect. You are going to treat people how they want to be treated. You are going to be mindful about how your choices and actions affect others. You know, and it's just the constant. And so we even, I can just stay the first part of a Maya Angelou quote and they know how to finish it. Once I know better, I do better. So we constantly talk about that because if you have more information, you have more experience, you are more educated to make a better decision and behave better. So it's a constant conversation in different ways. You know, it can't necessarily be talking about abortion, you know, front out, but, um, but it's, a, it's, you know, like, are there words out there that you don't understand? Let's talk about it, right? It's, you know, how's it going on at school? Or, you know, if, you, if someone's treating somebody else poorly, you need to stand up for them and, and not allow that to continue because other people have hurt themselves because of how people have been treated, you know? So it's, it's being honest and not trying to overwhelm, but have them understand brass tacks about how to treat other people with respect and kindness and being thoughtful, Um so that's my hope and my um, my commitment to him. What do you think? This is a big like wound for women right now. Mm-hmm. This subject and and like so many women that are reaching out and you know it's like this gaping hole inside of them that's they've never been able to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, what would you have to say to other women who have been through this similar situation that are kind of figuring out how to start talking about this or processing this, like in this kind of Mm -hmm. collective way. I would say, um, own your truth. You know, it's a decision that you made for whatever reason, if it's, you know, the fetus or the baby wasn't viable or, you know, it's, you really have to look at your situation and what happened and what are you willing, what kind of life do you want to create? Right. And I would say, you know, find, someone within your group that you trust and can start to build that sense of confidence around or just kind of speaking it into reality for yourself first and foremost to own it and being honest and more times than not I would care to say that people would appreciate the honesty and the experience versus the decision or the choice that was made Um, and people you know I think would care more about you as an individual versus just the choice that you made 
And if it comes down to that they don't agree on the choice, but they can understand, then that's a step in the right direction. Um, and you don't necessarily have to defend your answer or your choice for having an abortion. It was a choice that you made for the right reasons at that time. And you can't change the past. And if there's going to be a hole, there's but you have to find a way to try and fill that hole. You know, um, forgive yourself, if anything, but speak your truth. And some people sometimes may not be ready to hear that, you know, to have their heart open and receive that. And then that's on them. But you first and foremost have to be good with yourself in that space and, and know you made the right decision or come to terms with that however you need to. Mm-hmm. If you need to pray, if you need to meditate, if you need to write it down in a journal and reflect on it, you know, if, you know, but not to keep that wound open, you know, not let it have power over you, but be a part of you, um, not let it be your identity that you lead with, but be something that is part of your life experience and, and um, speak truth to it how you can. Mm-hmm. So are there any other last words that you would want to put out there? Or how, Like, totally open. You can mm-hmm. say whatever you'd like at this point. Um, try not to do it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I would say one of the learnings I would, I would say is try not to do it by yourself. Um, it's a lot to carry. And you don't necessarily want to keep those wounds semi-open or kind of scarred um, so that you can lean on people when you need to that have maybe gone through it with you during that time or that you've opened up with. Um, But don't be ashamed or embarrassed by the decision. Um, Like I said, it's been 15 years for me, and it's something I still live with, of course. You know, like what could have been my life. But... um, but it's a, de- it's a decision I made nonetheless twice, and I didn't want to be in that position twice, right? Um, you didn't ever plan it, like, oh, yeah. I'm oh, God, no. Do- no. God, no. And, you know, it was a brutal 24 hours because it was within the first three months, so then, you know, there's like a pill or, you know, whatever you need to do. Um, but, yeah, it was brutal. And to not feel necessarily supported physically and emotionally for both of those times you know, not speak truth to it with, with my family at the time and kind of just do it, you know, behind closed doors, it, it takes a toll, you know, and a lot of people still, most people don't know. So it's, it's not allowing it to fester in, but by doing this today allows me to kind of share my experience so that maybe it helps others. Um, but if it's a decision that you are wrestling with, you know, if you like lists, write lists, you know, if you like to pray, pray, if you, need to meditate meditate but find your 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 source or not your source but find an outlet of some sort to express and speak to it so that you're not doing it alone and i think that's that's the most important thing is don't you don't have to be alone in this process correct and we put so much stigma around like the fear of even asking for help overall Mm -hmm. with like stupid things like fixing something at your house, let alone something that's so personal, like needing to go and have an abortion. Right. And so, like, no, reach out. Correct. Trust yeah. people. Trust people. And more times than not, I mean, people are good for the most part, right? And and you have to trust that, right? You can't go in expecting everyone to criticize or judge because then you're projecting that vibe and that energy, and then that's you're creating that potentially. But truly going in there honestly and vulnerably will help um, 
and I, I mean, I can't speak to necessarily that experience for myself, but I would say if you have the opportunity to do that, try and do that. Um, and whatever the circumstances, you you can be, however however you decide, it's really up to you how you want to steer your life. Do you think that this whole experience has made you softer, like put your learn to put your armor down a little bit sometimes? Sometimes, but I still find that I'm a hard ass in other regards. <laughs> it's a lifelong journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because you worry about the reaction, right? And if you try to project that reaction, you know, then you're preventing yourself from living truly what could be. Um, but yeah, I, I find myself that I try to take a pause or a beat or a breath and, and be present and... Um, and try to be softer in some ways. And I think through that experience, though, too, I always want to hear other people's stories before I ever make any sort of an opinion. Mm -hmm. Just because I know all of my experiences, I wouldn't want anyone to do that to me. So I always try to live with the platinum rule of treating others how they want to be treated and really being genuinely interested in their journey um, for that reason, just because mine's been crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it's it's meeting people where they're at, really, and giving them the grace and the space to live that. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, I think you've probably created grace and space for lots of people oh, today you. by talking about all of this. Thank you. Hope so. So yeah. Well, any other last words at all? Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share my experience, and hopefully, may may help others to well, find I'm, their way through it. I'm sure it will. I'm sure thank it will. You. Thank you for. Um, being so brave to share your experiences too. Uh, one of the women that I was talking to, she um, she was really excited that we were starting to have these kinds of conversations. And she called all of the women that are leaning in to have this kind of dialogue mm-hmm. warriors. So, nice. right, okay, yeah. shine on, shine on. So, like, I hope your armor now has a new definition because, like. It's about creating this safe space through mm-hmm. vulnerability and being yeah. super warrior The armor on the tribe. So you have the inner sanctum of the tribe and the armor's on the outside of the tribe. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you for being a warrior mm-hmm. and for yeah. opening up and for being brave enough to choose yourself at a really difficult time period. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love you, girl. It. Love you. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for joining this special Uh, special podcast and um, if you have questions or anything like that please feel free to shoot them over onto the forum on justagirl.co other than that stay tuned for the the next special chat with our next new friend thanks all have a good day